the sorry hi. go hello. <laughs> hello and welcome to the hybrid coaching podcast i said hello and welcome in a different way then didn't i that was excellent i also went up about 25 tones yeah yeah oh not, not tones um octaves octaves <laughs> i'm That's a i lot think of octaves. i'm quite close to tone deaf so i'm not aware that i did but um We've got an excellent episode today for you on game day nutrition. Um, So Ali will be talking a lot. Uh, But before that, uh, just the one fact. No, no, not the fact. Oh, start again. Announcement. Announcement. One announcement. One announcement. It's a fact as well. Okay. I gave up on myself too easily there. (laughs) Start again. No, no, no. Keep going. Um, One announcement. (laughs) Please keep listening. (laughs) Uh, the hybrid games is very, very close. Uh, when you listen to this, it'll be only two days away. Unless you listen after. Uh, yeah, it's not actually going to be two days away. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be no point you signing up for it because it'd never come. It'd always be two days away. But there is point. If you're listening to it on Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. Friday. Then you still have time. Or Saturday morning. Yep. You've still got time to sign up for the hybrid games on the 31st of October, 2019. It's definitely not October. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> August. We're in August. <laughs> this month we are currently in. 31st of this current month. The one that is you're still in right now, August. That's uh, two months away. <laughs> That's when you're getting. Does August even have 31 days? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't think it does. Yeah, it does. It does. does it? 30 days have September, April, June, and November. I always say it all, as... All the rest have been one. April, I know there's April, a rhyme. What did you say? <coughs> April, May. Or April, June. 30 days have September, yeah. April, June, and November. I always say it as May. Oh, really? <laughs> always. There's a, there's a 31st in May. <laughs> I know, right? So, because I've always, always, always said May... <laughs> Um, I have assumed that all other parts of the whole story are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't rely on any of it because I know that I've remembered it wrong. So I don't know which part I remembered wrong. So I never we, have any idea. I haven't remembered any Apart of from it. February. I just, know know that I, know. I just know that there is a rhyme. And that I don't know it. There, so there is actually an October 31st, but there's no hybrid games on that day. No. Could put us, but winter edition. No, no. <laughs> winter edition. No, it still be all Fall edition. Yeah, fall edition. Move to America. Mm. <laughs> um, fall sounds better than autumn, though. But 31st of August 2019, hybrid games. Ooh, correct. Uh, what's going to happen, Ali? So. There's going to be a strength element. Um, there's going to be a fitness element, and there's going to be a egg and spoon race <laughs> with some fitness applied and a tug of war in a very fun to play format. It's going to take about two to three hours, and it's going to be all of the fun. There'll also be some cake eating as well, which is going to be excellent. You're going to measure? Are you going to compete? Uh, it's eating? probably going to be timed cake eating. Timed cake eating. <laughs> not for quality. They're not judged by the three of us yeah. out of seven. What do you mean? Judged on their eating of the cake? Yeah. Well, how, how elegantly they eat it. Well, how well, good the cake, elegant, cake how, is. How efficient. Well, the, the most efficient is the winner. 
<laughs> Otherwise, it's not efficient. Very, very true. I think I might not talk for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> not till October. <laughs> um, Tom, fact of the day. Right. I've just got back from Norway. It was very, very nice. That's not the fact. <laughs> it's also, it kind of is a fact. It fact. is. Yeah. Lots of people might know that already. Mm. Yeah. If, if you follow me, then <laughs> you probably will do. <laughs> Um, follower of TMT. Yeah, my fact is about the fjords. Um, so, at what? their deepest, mm. they are 1,308 metres deep. And they're roughly-ish that high as well. Or they get to about that high. Roughly-ish. Roughly-ish, yeah. Gosh. I'd like it if they're exactly the same depth yeah. and height. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> What's the deepest part of the ocean? The Marianas Trench. And how deep is that? Deep eleven k. I think it is. It can fit Everest and and quite a bit more. That's deep in that. Deep in it. I think it's ten k. Hmm. That's a good fact. Find that quickly. <laughs> I'll find that out. But in the meantime, what is a fjord, Tom? A fjord is a long, narrow, deep inlet of sea between high cliffs. So, what's the difference between a fjord <laughs> and just some sea between cliffs? Um. I think the water reaches far inland. Not just a little bit. <laughs> Not just a little bit. Quite a long way. <laughs> um, and they're typically formed by submergence of glaciated valleys or glaciers that are no longer there. Glaciers um, are weird, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. How fast do you reckon they move? Mm, about up to two metres a day. A day? Yeah. They... I, I remember them, I'd, I'd learned this fact before and they definitely move quicker than you expect them to. Right, we're going to bombard you with facts. Maybe that'll just be this episode. So before we move on to how fast glaciers move, uh, the Mariana Trench, let's go for guesses. Right. 10,560 metres. I'm going to say 12.3 kilometres. Okay. I'll, I'll, I only I had my one guess yeah. of 11. Yeah. I win. <laughs> um, 10,911. Oh, that's solid. Oh, that's deep in there. Deep. Basically, 11k. 11k, yeah. Good memory, mate. <laughs> Boom. Um, I'll research glaciers and how fast they move now. Okay. Um, you can. Well, how I research... far is the depth of the Mariana <laughs> Trench from uh, like the first part of the Earth's uh, the core? Far as fuck. Don't know. It can't, be, it can't be that far. Yeah. It can't be that far. Why? Well, because the diameter of the Earth is only. What's the radius of the Earth? Huge. The crust of the Earth is like not 1% of the Earth. <laughs> the crust of the Earth is tiny. 10 kilometres down? Yeah. There's nothing. It's quite far. No. Yes. No. We're, uh, Tom, <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll research that next, but if you two start I, talking about um, game day nutrition... I feel like it, it's surely it's got to be like 10... Like... I'm sure... No, no, don't, no, you're not allowed to type, you know that. I'll research. Come on, just do radius... The crust, the crust of the earth is like... Radius of 2% the earth. of what... The, I'll find it now. Let me find out how fast glaciers move first. <laughs> radius of the earth, that's that, you can do that quickly. Glaciers of the oh, earth. I know. They're... Um, so much slower than I I was going to say three metres a year. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. 
Least of motion can be fast, up to 30 metres a day. What? Or slow, 0.5 metres a year. Wow. Um, That's a big range. So there's a huge range. So That's we're both right. Well done, mate. Unbelievably. <laughs> and big range. the radius <laughs> of the Earth is 6,371 kilometres. See? 10k is the other not very big into that. It's not very big into that. So 6,300 kilometres. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 10 kilometres. Not far into that. It's a small amount. <laughs> I, I, I think I was, I was thinking about it in metres. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it into kilometers from there. I think that's a long way to show you how small the Earth's crust is. We'll link this photo you, in the show you, notes. Can you imagine if the Earth's radius was 10 kilometers <laughs> or just a bit bigger? It wouldn't be very big, would it? No, probably, it would be pretty small. It wouldn't even be um, spherical. No. It would likely be potato shaped. <laughs> And not big enough for all of us to live on, I imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Particularly if Ali's there crashing around. <laughs> there is a minimum size that a planet needs to be to be spherical. Otherwise, it would be potato-shaped. Oh, really? Yeah, I've forgotten what it is. Though. Let's um, give them that back next week, shall we? <laughs> I hope you're taking notes. There's like, <laughs> loads of facts even if we yeah. don't now say anything interesting at all about nutrition. <laughs> Good amount of facts in this one. We've we've got a, four, a fourth guest in the uh, the podcast then, and it's Waffles the dog. Waffles the dog. She's though. very Sat destructive. Move <laughs> your ass. Okay, right. game day nutrition. <laughs> so, <coughs> I think first first and foremost, when it comes to like your nutrition for any event, you've got to consider that it's probably very not important compared to the actual training that you've done for the event. Like, it's really, really easy to, let's say if you're doing a, like a half marathon or something, everyone really worries about what they're going to eat the day before and on the day. The reality is your training over the three to six months prior to that is very important, and you could probably do it fasted, and you'd be absolutely fine if you absolutely smashed your training. Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. make us, like, your, your nutrition's going to make a a small but definitely not negligible difference on how you perform but uh, and it, and it can have a and it can have a definitely have a positive impact but no matter what you're playing it is what you're talking about the minutia really rather than making any sort of difference and it's the same with like physique athletes that go through peak week to try and look their best on stage you know like what they've done in those sort of 12 to 16 weeks prior to that point is the most important and it's going to separate the good physiques from the not very good physiques, not what they've done in the, in the in the week prior to that to that show. So that's really really important to consider. Is like definitely don't let anything to do with nutrition around uh, an event stress you out because you being relaxed going into that event is probably the most important thing. And whatever you need to do to be relaxed is almost certainly the best the best way to approach it. So that everyone is a bit different. Some some athletes just can't even consider eating before a game. Like if they're playing rugby and yeah, like yeah. or like football in like three in the afternoon, their appetite is just blunted because their nerves are really really high. I used to throw up so yeah. much if I try to eat before playing rugby. But I used like, to do like ten poos before as well. 
If you speak to it's like, so like yeah, probably by the time you speak to like Bernie <laughs> or like a fighter, yeah. they say the same thing. They're just like nerves are like unbelievable. They're just yeah. shitting all day. Like Bernie said, he said to me, he did like mm. twelve fights, twelve poos for his last fight. Mm. I've been twelve fights before your fight. <laughs> oh gosh, twelve fights. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you have to consider what is actually viable for you and 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 how you deal with your own nerves and stuff like that. But really, when it comes to uh, prioritizing nutrition for a, if we consider it as an event that's going to require a decent chunk of aerobic work for a decent chunk of time like a football match a rugby match a half marathon a full marathon potentially um you're talking about the most important day probably being the day before um the day before that event is the day that you're going to want to you um really prioritize a decent chunk of carbohydrate somewhere in the region of sort of like six to ten grams per kilogram depending on the duration of the event um and so like traditional carb loading protocols will say carb load three days before the event um and that's all well and good and you can do that um but the the reason you're doing that is to try and uh, maximally load all your muscle with as much stored carbohydrate as you can so as much glycogen as possible and you can do that within one day at sort of like that six to ten gram mark uh, per kilogram so you can just do it in one day and if you just do it in one day then it means that you're going to mitigate a lot of fat gain as well because you can just on that on that day before the event you can just bring fats right down ri- literally right right down so you're going to mitigate any fat gain as a result of not having much dietary fat bump carbs is up really 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 high um, keep protein fairly constant, still at like two grams per kilogram, and that's going to do the absolute best job in ensuring that you're fully uh, synthesized with as much glycogen as you possibly can be. Probably a little bit more than you'd be super compensated as well, which is pretty great. Uh, and it's a great day just eating carbs <laughs> all day. Yeah. What's just the best way to do that. Who are your favourite ways to do carbs? Toast or bread, um, cereal. And um, bread and cereal, really, my absolute faves. Yeah. Oh, and potato. To be fair, it's like you could, oh, I could pasta. Could, I love as well. Yeah, but like, but like pasta's like um, can only be tomato based sauce, which obviously is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. How often would you eat a non-tomato based pasta sauce anyway? That's true. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> just to, just to give now. people a bit of context, so <laughs> we we all walk around at about a hundred kilos. <laughs> Where <laughs> when we prep for national fitness games <laughs> that means that we're trying to eat 4,000 calories worth of carbohydrates in a day which is why we try to keep fats as low as possible because otherwise that's just that's a lot of food and that's not even any any protein like obviously most carb sources have got some protein in any way but like that's that's like what two <laughs> two boxes of cereal at least three it's like no, it's, what in terms of how many um it's two two boxes of uh, chocolate mini Weetabix, <laughs> but only because they are the most <laughs> dense boxes of cereal ever. If you're eating boxes of cereal, you want to keep calories down. Don't eat <laughs> Weetabix mini chocolate because they weigh 500 grams. It's so annoying. Not each one. The box. <laughs> each, each Weetabix. No, obviously not. The box weighs 500 grams. Yeah. Whereas like a box of like um, cocoa pops is like 300 grams. Mm. So you can have. 
Loads more boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but eating, eating the thousand grams of carbs in a day is an excellently fun day. <laughs> if that, if ten grams per kilogram is too much for you, you absolutely can do it over a few days. Yeah, I I fun. tend to get a bit of a bad stomach <laughs> when I try to do that. <laughs> Cocoa pops, I reckon, the best way. Yeah, I, are good. Cocoa pops and rice krispies, very, yeah. very low fat, very low on very cocoa low. pops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. Low. <laughs> And you can just keep reusing the milk at the bottom. Uh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> cooking books is a great way to do it. What yeah. are some of the worst ways you've seen uh, people try and um, go about organising? So, like, <laughs> Amy tried to do it with porridge once. <laughs> it's just like, not only is that really hard to actually eat a lot of grams of carbs of, it's also, like, not a very lean carbohydrate source. Like, in 100 grams of oats, you've got about... Eight or nine grams of fat, which doesn't sound like an awful lot, but when you're trying to get in, especially for like a small girl, like a 60 kilo girl, um, that's part of 200 grams worth of carbohydrate of it. Um, you know, that's 20 grams of fat. And, and when you're trying to keep calories down as low as possible, that's, or fat as low as possible, that, that ends up being quite a lot when you could choose something that was like, you know, one to three grams of fat per 100 grams, which would be much more. Much much easier, and also fat, like because it stays in your gut a little bit longer. Like if the gastric emptying is a lot slower, it just keeps you a lot fuller. So it's really hard to actually hit those high, higher numbers on that um, on that day before. Um, so so uh, yeah, things like um, basically you want to keep fiber as low as possible, which is obviously contrary to what you would normally want to do for a overall healthy balanced diet. Um, Keep fibre pretty much as low as possible, <coughs> fats pretty much as low as possible, and um, to make it as easy as possible for you, like sugars as high as possible, and then you're going to be pretty, it's going to be fairly easy for you to, 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 to get those sort of quantities in. And fun. Yeah, very fun. If you like cereal. Toast and jams, <laughs> great. Get a nice jam, excellent toast, excellent bread. Oh, oh that's a good way to do it. No better. <laughs> no better. Definitely. Yeah, better anyway. No, you wouldn't. No, never. <laughs> what about on game day? So, on the day, um, again, on the day, um, so we said um, you're prioritising the day before for those sort of enjoyable days. <coughs> on the day, probably your most important tool, uh, especially if it's a, if it's football... Like a, like a 90 to 120 minute event. Um, caffeine's probably up there with being as important as anything else. That's something that's going to be really, really, um, it's going to give you an actual performance increment. And if you're already fully glycogen synthesized from the day before anyway, uh, then ensuring you're getting somewhere in the region of like six to nine milligrams per kilogram uh, at least half an hour before your event is going to have a really profound impact on, on your overall performance. Say profound, like, you know, it might be three, two to sort of 5% better, which is unbelievable, Lots, really, yeah. it, 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 um, when you think about it. Uh, so, but, but in terms of, um, like, food, just, just this is what we said earlier, like, some, some things, that you can st- <coughs> things that you can stomach um, don't make you feel too full, don't make you feel too sluggish. Um 
So meal, I would on, on like the actual day, it's meals that you have quite regularly that are like have adequate protein in, um, have a decent serving of carbohydrate and a, like a normal serving of fat. So not like if you haven't got to worry about keeping fats at fats at a minimal level now. But again, like just it, you would bear, bear in mind that fat has a slightly slower gastric emptying. So if you don't like feeling very full when you're doing that activity which most people don't, then keeping them um, not too high is probably a good idea. So like a lean source of protein and like a, um, a like a not fiber dense source of carbohydrate like vegetables, green vegetables, like a, like a rice or a pasta or bread or something like that. Very easy to have. That's a chicken to sandwich. Do. Chicken sandwich sounds ideal. <laughs> or more cereal if you're yeah. Yeah. Not sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever got sick of cereal? No. Uh, Even when I've eaten so much that I like feel sick, I think... Could still have another bowl. bowl. <laughs> if it, if, generally, the reason I feel sick is because I've eaten all the cereal in the house. <laughs> so I haven't got any more. But if I had more, I probably would eat it until I had all, all the cereal in the house was gone. And still feel sick. And still feel, and just feel more sick. <laughs> yeah. I had loads of cereal one the other day, and then um, went out for pizza and didn't actually buy a pizza because I felt too sick from eating too much cereal. <laughs> I heard that story. Second hand. <laughs> Who told you? Reb. <laughs> she? she was very shocked that you turned up. Said, oh, "I'm right. I just ate two boxes of cereal half hour ago." <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen, come on the way down, honey, from um, Liverpool, so on his birthday. And you were excited, so you sort of to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrated his birthday with cereal, didn't you? Were you carb? You were carb loaded for tough mother, though, weren't you, mate? Tough mother, yeah. Really hard race the next day. That's true, actually. It's evidence based. Fun and slightly dirty is a probably better name for it. Oh, we should have gone better, shouldn't we? Ali facing his fears at tough mother. I did very well to be fair. If um if you don't know what tough mudder is, don't do it. It's too muddy. <laughs> you get way too muddy doing it. It make you go into a mud bath, basically. Gosh, no banner. Ali wasn't going to do it. Peer <laughs> pressure got to him. <laughs> I really succumbed to like, <coughs> social compliance that day. That's the first time I've ever seen you do something like that. I know. <laughs> you usually don't mind sticking out like a sore thumb. <laughs> How many times in a football game would you go and wash your hands normally? Probably. Uh, one or two in each half. <laughs> Ali hates mud. <laughs> you know, like when someone gets injured and everyone like passes water bottles right, and I'd be, I'd get the water bottle and then wash my hands, and people would be like asking me for a drink and be like, "Hang on, yeah. <laughs> I got dirty hands." Yeah. Mud is awful, though, isn't it? It's worst when it dries. Yeah. Fine when it's wet. Worst when it dries. Oh, yeah, when if, it starts drying. Yeah, although at Tough Muddy, you were that muddy. It almost felt like you had some kind of exoskeleton on, which was actually quite cool. I'm not it's like sure. clay, wasn't I, it? it my yeah. skin is that still dry. That was the worst dry. part of Tough Muddy. Yeah, my, my skin was so painful afterwards. Really? Yeah, to be fair, my skin was. Like poison. poison. <laughs> yeah, they did that. Some sort of skin poison, I imagine. Um, but yeah, going back to Ali's point, the game day nutrition, <laughs> it's... You just want to make sure you're as comfortable as possible. So, yeah. like you said, eat stuff that you know you can stomach. That's not going to make you feel really shit when you're actually competing. Because that that's like don't feel like you have to smash a load of food in on that morning and then feel really heavy or bloated or or that sort of thing when you when you're actually trying to play or compete. Definitely. In terms of caffeine, what were the sort of numbers you 
recommend. So about six to nine milligrams per kilogram. What does that do to your nervous system after a day, Tom? Um, it's, I think it was a, co- a combination of the amount of caffeine and also the hardness of the fitness. Mm. Um, but it makes you very shaky. A little bit like you've got the flu, um, but you don't. But then it might take you a little bit of time to recover. So that's um, if, if you're fairly habitualized to caffeine, that's probably what you what you need to be taking. Uh, if you don't really ever drink much coffee or anything, sort of like maybe three to six milligrams per kilogram is fine. But again, like you, you definitely want to trial it before the race or the day or the game. Um, don't just go straight up to those doses, never having done it before, because <laughs> it's probably a terrible idea. Uh, and and likewise with um, with trying to find out like sort of a decent chunk of carbohydrate for you to be able to handle the day a day before a big race or a, or a big game. Probably want to trial that as well. And um, and like I said before, like it's a really you can absolutely factor in large um, <coughs> like overfeeding days like that, um, as long as you keep your um, fats pretty low and protein sort of like moderate, um, then your calories actually doesn't don't won't be too high considering you've got a large output the next day. So you can you can regularly do that and not have it um, have a massive impact on your overall body composition. Whereas I actually personally find, and I find with quite a lot of clients, that when you give three days in a row of higher feeding carbohydrate, um, it's a lot harder to keep fat so low during those days. Mm-hmm. You don't actually get so much glycogen comp- uh, supercompensation, and total calories for the week end up actually a little bit higher. So like it's less fun. You end up eating more calories, so you end up more fat, which is probably going to make you a worse athlete for whatever you're doing. So doing it the day before ends up being a much better option for almost all people. Unless you've got like a really, really, really small appetite. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And then so, and then again on the day, <coughs> just make sure that it's something that you can actually, you, 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 it's, it's meals that you tried before. So like um, wh- whatever you normally eat, I'm sure it's got a carbohydrate source in it, a protein source in it, and a, some source of fat in it. Whether that's just like fats that come as a result of some protein and some carbohydrates and that's also fine. Just makes and and probably somewhere in the region of like uh, a, a solid meal three to two hours before the event, and then like some sort of like um, uh, glucose solution during um, during the event. Really, um, prior to the event, you might want to do like a glucose mouthwash, just like swish and um, a sports drink around your mouth and spit it out, and then like. You only really need um, exogenous carbohydrate when in the endurance event it's sort of like takes you beyond that sort of like a 60 to 75 minute mark. If it's beneath that, you don't really need to refuel at all during it because um, especially if you've eaten quite a lot of carbohydrate the day before, you'll be absolutely fine. So worrying about like making sure that you're having some Lucozade and so it's probably just causing you more stress than it's, than it's worthwhile doing. When you think about it, it's like you see it all the time, people... We don't really train at commercial gyms anymore, but like I used to remember when I used to train there when I was younger. Like people be on a treadmill running for half an hour, and they've got like a bottle of Lucozade in, <laughs> in the thing, and you're just like, it's just totally unnecessary. You don't need to refuel during that time at all. There's just there's just n- no point if you want to have a Lucozade because it tastes nice. Just get a zero calorie one and just drink that. Like it, it literally is pointless trying to refuel for a half an hour half an hour event. It's not going to do anything. You mu- and if you you might as well just do a 
a glucose mouthwash and spit it out because um, that'll have both the same impact on on performance but if it's in that sort of like slightly longer duration then sort of taking on board some ex some carbohydrates um almost certainly in the form of like liquid or gels past like 45 to 60 minutes it's probably a good idea um so like for if you're if you're rugby or football half time great time to have something like that yeah yeah um again like comes with some generally comes with some uh some Sodium, potassium as well, which is going to help you hydrate you a little bit more. The fact that there's some solution in the water means that you're going to hold on to it a bit better anyway, so you'll actually end up hydrating yourself a little bit better. Uh, if it's like a half marathon that you're doing, um, you know, like sort of like halfway through that race, a little bit further on maybe, probably a decent time to have some fuel if you really want. But again, during those sort of races, if it's going to, be going to take you an hour and a half, you're probably going to be fine the whole way around. Um, you might be getting a bit better performance if you have a little bit as you're going. But if it's going to take you sort of two to two and a half hours, then definitely after like an hour, probably a good idea to to start put to start putting some back in if you want a really, really high performance. The thing you have to consider is like um when it we're like top top marathon runners finish a race like I think with like five percent dehydration or something. Mm. Like oh. a shitload. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the fastest way to finish. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. What like, for the because you're a little bit lighter as well. Well, I don't know whether it's because you're lighter, but like taking on board fluid and um, like calories whilst you're running is quite hard. And even the best yeah. people in the world who are great at digesting it because they practice all the time as they're running, it takes away from like your running stride. I mean, maybe at that level it's a bit different because like. Everything's so precise that their running strides like yeah, yeah. perfect. So like when they've got a drink, it's a little bit fucking annoying. Their heart rate's at so high yeah. that like actually drinking it like like swallowing when your heart rate's at like one fifty yeah. to one seventy five is so hard. Mm -hmm. So you have to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um but they but they finish like severely well, not severely dehydrated, but very, very dehydrated and and that is the fastest way to fit to for them to get round. Um and again, they're, they're talking about, you know, seconds really yeah. for their PBs and stuff. But people always think that like fuel for for, for for racing and stuff is so, so important. And the reality is it's it's the training you've done before. Yeah. It's probably the day before, the, the, the week before. As long as you're ready for the <coughs> day, you've had a few meals beforehand. The reality is whilst you're actually doing it, you're probably going to be all right. For ultra endurance, like Ironmans and like 100-mile runs and stuff like that, you're doing it. The, the quantity of time is so enormous that you sort of have to have food because imagine you went eight hours without eating in a day. You'd be fucking hungry anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But most, but you can survive for an hour and a half, two hours like food. That's really normal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that was fairly comprehensive, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the main takeaway from that is one it's probably not as important as you think. Mm -hmm. Two, the main thing to focus on is if you've got a mainly aerobic-based sort of sport coming up, so like rugby, football, running, uh, the day before is much more important, and you should eat somewhere between six and nine grams of carbs per kilo of body weight the day before. Uh, Coca Pops are our personal recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> if Kellogg's would like to sponsor the Hybrid Coaching Podcast, they are, welcome to. they are more than welcome to. 
got many good things to say about Kellogg's products. <laughs> um, and on the day of the day of your game, uh, you basically just want to do whatever you need to do so that you feel most comfortable playing. So I know I like just couldn't eat on the day when I played rugby. Um, but if you can, ideally, just eat normally two to three hours before you play. Yeah, something you're you're comfortable with, and you know you, your stomach's gonna be fine with digesting. The hard part is um, if you like for football, especially um, three p.m. kickoffs. Such <laughs> an annoying time for kickoff because like you wake up at like eight, and so you sort of have breakfast, and then you sort of have to play at three, so you kind of need to eat at twelve, and that's when you kind of got to have like a decent serving of carbohydrate at twelve, but you're already a bit full from breakfast, a little bit nervous for the game. So that's actually quite that's quite hard. So what I um I often got that what I did with myself and some of my clients is just go like when you wake up just have like a protein serving and then sort of like have like a fairly decent sized brunch, um and then uh, maybe like ten o'clock that's when you're going to get your chunk of carbohydrates in and then sort of like a couple hours before the game so like one o'clock half past one you could just have like a protein and carbohydrate solution. And then that 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 sort of plays out pretty nicely. Yeah. If it's an evening kickoff, <laughs> then actually that's a lot easier than a sort of three o'clock kickoff because basically you just have your norm, normal meals throughout the day. Day before is pretty much the same, but maybe a little bit more carbohydrate in those um, pre-game meals, um, and you can sort of have two normal pre-game meals and then then play the game in the evening. But um, if you've got like a morning like races as well, they're so easy to prepare for because it's just mm-hmm. day before morning race. And whatever you feel that you can actually stomach in the morning, pretty have good. It. Have yeah. It, yeah. Perfect. Sweet. And uh, caffeine, six to nine milligrams. If you're very habituated to coffee, three to, uh, six to, to, to caffeine, sorry. Um, and yeah, three to six if you never really don't really drink much coffee. So in practice, Positive. if you do drink coffee, because the majority of people mm-hmm. drink coffee nowadays, uh, how would you go about getting that? I'll definitely take it through some sort of um, some sort of tablet like Pro Plus or Sainsbury's do like their own sort of glucose tablets with caffeine in them. There's loads of supermarkets do them. Again, if Pro Plus would like to sponsor us, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to. Um, but you probably don't want to be drinking like 15 cups of yeah. coffee to try and get it because you might pee yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a good idea, Jim. I mean, like if you want to be really precise about things, then taking it as a tablet is almost certainly the best way because you know exactly what your dosages are. Um, but if you bear in mind the half of a caffeine is like five hours, six hours, then you can add up the caffeine that you've had previously throughout the day. So if you've had like two cups of coffee in the morning, uh, one in the afternoon, then that's around about 150 to 200 milligrams of caffeine. So six hours later, you'd have half that amount. So let's say 100 milligrams and if you were trying to get like 400 milligrams then you know you don't need to take three sorry six 50 milligram tablets and that'll get you to that sort of like 400 milligram mark you wouldn't need to take the whole 400 milligrams at that time because you have to consider that you've still got a little bit left from earlier in the day cool so you can do a mixture of like drinks and 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 tablets but it's tablets are a lot more it's a lot easier to know how much you're taking with tablets you're good at maths, mate. You should, <laughs> should be a mathematician. Yeah, <laughs> putting that maths degree to good use. I'm retired. <laughs> not with those glasses, you're not, mate. I'm out of retirement, mate. <laughs> um, excellent. So that is game day nutrition. 
next week we're going to have a much more important topic um, for most of those events: training for endurance. Yeah, mm. and how to sort of program that alongside training for strength as well. Much more important than what you actually eat the day before the event. Mm. But cocoa pops are important. Yeah. Essential. We yeah. better get some in before hybrid games, and we. We are, actually that's a good point. We're <laughs> intro work at Cocoa Pops, Crunchy Nut, um, not Crunchy Nut. Um, mm. What's it called? Crunchy Nut clusters. Terrible mm. choice for game day nutrition. <laughs> Very high fat cereal. They taste delicious. They taste though. excellent. <laughs> but terrible choice for uh, trying to get ten grams because we're on carbohydrate and not have loads of extra adipose tissue. If you have any ways of getting your carbs in bet that are better than uh, Cocoa Pops, we'd be very interested to know. Most of them are probably wrong. Yeah. Mm. Please send them to us as well so <laughs> we can actually <laughs> try them. I'm pretty sure I was one time when I told her to try um, Amy, dies Amy, tried to get, tried to eat broccoli and uh, peas. <laughs> to I'm so get... mad that you were always going to mention Cl- that and thought I shouldn't. Closer to 500 grams of carbohydrates I in one day. I think that was the day before the London Marathon. It was. She huh? swapped out her carb source of um, porridge because she was getting sick of it and tried and replaced it with broccoli. So funny. <laughs> she did that. run very quickly yeah, the next day, though. She's finished the marathon quicker than you have, mate. But that is exactly my point. She's excellent at running because she trained really hard to run. Yeah. Didn't she? So not because she ate some broccoli before she yeah. ran. Absolutely. So if you like broccoli, you probably can eat it. Yeah, do you? Don't yeah. whatever we said. Ignore it or just train really hard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so ignore what we say, but make sure to share the podcast with your mates, like it, and give us five stars. Thank you for and listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>